a playlist original. to be petty welcome back to another episode of rtbp so glad you're here i wanted to say thank you again this is like when you go for someone like i don't know go for dinner on someone's house or something like that and then you send a thank you note and then they like send a thank you note back but thank you so much for all the love on episode 100 all of the messages tweets it comments it's been so nice um hearing about you know how the what this podcast means to you because it means so much to me and again I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening I'm so so grateful and I really appreciate every time I get a message or a download or even a like on a freaking Instagram picture it means the world to me. I also didn't really say this in the last episode, my B, but I want to thank the folks at Playlist Studios who edit my podcast. I definitely would not be able to get to episode 100 uh, without their support. So I just want to shout out to those folks that I work with because, you know, they took a chance on the podcast, uh, a small indie one, and even though our working relationship is kind of just starting and blossoming, I really have appreciated the support over the last couple months. Before we get to today's episode, I want to chat about my merch and my Instagram. I feel like I'm doing some like shit on Instagram and like people are probably like, yeah, bitch, you're posting like hot pictures of Jan Gonzalez, but um, I am... <laughs> I feel like I'm finally getting like a rhythm and I am posting, you know, what other people are saying about the topics that we discuss on the podcast, etc. So you can kind of see what other listeners of the podcast think. So if you don't already, you can follow me on Instagram at RTBP podcast. I post some B- BTS, some behind the scenes stuff, and I am trying to post more often. So if, yeah, you want to connect with other listeners and let me know what I should talk about next, you can do that over at Instagram. As you all probably know, there are two pieces of RTBP merch out for this summer. I feel like they're the perfect summer outfits. Like, I just, you know, picture you, listener out there, driving up like a Californian highway, breezing your hair top down. The RTBP keychain just dangling from your your car engine <laughs> with your wide brim sun hat on with a icy, perfectly balanced iced coffee in your cup holder, obviously in the RTBP cup, and you're just living your best life. Maybe you're blasting Katy Perry's teenage dream. And you reach up to grab your hat so it doesn't blow away. And you're just like, wow, this is like the life. (laughs) At least that's what I'm envisioning for me. (laughs) But the reality is like me, like literally stomping over to my yoga studio with my RTBP cup being like, I don't feel like doing this. Or like uh, rocking my keychain to go pick up snacks from the grocery store when I could very easily walk. But... uh, I am picturing the the former in my head for all of us. The links for the RTBP Starbucks cup and keychain are in my episode show notes and all of the bios of my socials. You can choose the color of your item and they ship super fast all over the US. Still looking for a Canadian seller. That is TBD, but I'll let you know as soon as I know. Okay, I've blabbed on way too much. Uh, let's get to the episode. This was super fun recording with Christy. We talk about just a variety of things, so I hope you enjoy. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Christy. I'm back with a very special guest. Christy from X Knows All is here. Christy, how are you? I am well, Tori. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to record again. Me too. I know. I feel like this has been a long time coming and I need to have you on my show once I figure out how to 
actually record episodes with a, with a guest. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, sometimes though, it's like such a treat when I get an X knows all podcast in my feed because it's like it's not it's not at the same time. So I'm like I'm like this is perfect. I'm like surprised and like yeah, pleasantly surprised. Oh, Thank you so much. I know it's it, it's so hard for me to do it, but I feel like now I'm kind of in a group where I know like when I want to drop it, and I'm like okay, if I really want to invest the time to do it weekly, gotta put in the effort through the week. But I so appreciate the listen and the support and everything so thank you very much yeah I feel like your episode about Haley Justin and Kendall that I'm going to listen to on my way back to Victoria because I'm in Vancouver right now is going to be like my Olympics oh. <laughs> it's going to be so by the, by the time it'll that your episode will drop so it'll be live so everyone that's listening you can go to my page and listen to it but it'll be a two-parter because there's so much going on with it. So I released like the 2014, 2015 timeline of the Justin Haley, Kendall, Selena of it all. And then mm-hmm. the next episode will be like the last two parts. So it'll be, it will be Olympics. It's a marathon. Yes. Okay. I love that so much because I often reference, there's a timeline on, I think, Reddit that I often reference on this podcast, but that time was just, it was thrilling for me. It, it like that was one of the most compelling pieces of pop culture I've ever been invested in. Truly, me too. Yeah. Me too. And I think I'm the Reddit thread that you're referring to. I referenced like that's what I use to help build out like my outline. Nice. Yeah. So it's hopefully you know I I do it. I do this Reddit user justice, but it's um it's it's a really good episode. I'm excited for you guys to listen to it. I'm so excited. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit more about your podcast, about who you've covered recently or what the podcast is about? Yeah, sure. So for anyone who hasn't, who's unfamiliar with X Knows All, I have like maybe 12 episodes up. I cover, you know, like short kind of bite-sized timeline and history of a single celebrity every week. So more most recently I covered Emma Roberts the week before that I covered Amanda Bynes I've covered Zac Efron I've covered the call her daddy breakup I always tell everyone if you're a new, a new listener go ahead and listen to the Mary Kate and Ashley episode because the feedback I've gotten at least from my friends and family is that that's their favorite episode because it's just I think there's so much to be desired for the Olsen twins and a lot of yes. people don't know too much about them and just having been a fan for so long since I was like literally a toddler I feel like like I've just been such a fan of the two of them and I followed their life like just you know since they were little girls so I just am a, I'm obsessed so I think that I could honestly do a whole podcast on Mary Kay and Ashley alone but all that to say yeah it's just bite-sized deep dives on every single celebrity that I'm interested in um and they're no longer than like 45 minutes uh so yeah I know it's like perfect all because I'll like cook dinner and then I'll be like oh I'm like done the episode as my food is done <laughs> I love to hear like where people because something about podcasts is so intimate like, mm-hmm. it's because there are these people are in your ears like all the time so like I have podcasters that like I feel like are my friends as like creepy as that sounds because you didn't same yeah it's like you know so much about them and like they're in your ears on a weekly basis. So it's like, and that can kind of get like really shady in and of itself because then people feel like they're owed all these, this information and that, you know, I mean, we've talked about it with like all the other in, like content creators slash influencers in the space, like me, you, Shannon, Ashley, Cam, like Emily, every, all of us like just kind of feeling like, how do you navigate how to be a content creator in this space you know it's such a different kind of world that none of us are really ready for and then we're just kind of in it bizarre yeah that's so true because and we talked about this a little bit but just because yeah you your life is just opened up for kind of public consumption and like obviously to like a such a tiny scale compared to like celebrities and stuff but even just getting like a fraction of that kind of attention interaction yeah and attention is just really interesting yeah it's yeah nothing will prepare you it's like I'd imagine like it's like if you have a baby right then you like 
after the hospital, you're like released from the hospital. You're like, I don't know what to do. There's no manual or raise a child. It's like, there's no manual on how to create a podcast or have your life up for public consumption. Albeit it's a very small scale and it's nowhere near like what these other, you know, high profile influencers and celebrities receive, but to even get a small fraction of it, it's certainly different. But I think you know, the good does outweigh the, the the bad and that it's nice to connect with people like you, Tori, and like everyone else in this space as well, people that are listeners just to like shoot the, shoot the shit. I just, it's like very meaningful and like fulfilling for me as I'm sure it is for you. Yeah, 100%. And like, I always, not that I'm saying do this per se, but like, I feel like I always have the conversation with other people my age that are like, I can't make friends in my 20s. And I was like, start a podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was thinking, I'm like, we should do a corporate retreat in, in fucking New York City. Please. Everyone in our like, Slack channel, like, okay, everyone, we're just going to like commiserate about how hard it is to be a small scale podcast. And like, I literally <laughs> have less than 600 followers. So who am I to even <laughs> famous and popular? Like, but even just a fraction of people, like, I'm just like, all eyes are on me. Like, it's so nerve wracking, you know? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I've been dying to ask you this question because I feel like you're my like Southern California correspondent. (laughs) You're my my resource for everything Southern California. But are you going to be tuning in to the Laguna Beach and the Hills recap podcasts? Okay, so interesting that you brought that up because Kristen and Steven and Dear Media just dropped like the the trailer. It's like, yeah, like the peak into sight and like they basically had flashes of like old camera like like polaroids of steven and kristen when they were in high school it looks very nostalgic and very cute yeah so steven and kristen are hosting the laguna beach recap podcast and then frankie Aquilina, and brody are doing the hills recaps I, i'm honestly so fatigued by these recap podcasts and truth be told i don't even listen to the ones that like i would seemingly care about like the oc with rachel Wilson and melinda clark that they're doing like the welcome to the oc bitch podcast i I probably will just, I probably won't, to be honest, like maybe one or two episodes of the Laguna Beach one. I'm less interested in the hill just because I feel like I kind of know what's going on just by watching the hills in the beginning. So I'm less interested in that and probably more interested in what Stephen and Kristen have to say about their time filming Laguna Beach. And like, because that time in pop culture was so different than it is today, like Laguna Beach was kind of the the blueprint for a lot of reality show television shows to like subsequent to it prior to Laguna Beach the only thing that we really had was the real world so I'm sure the way that in which it was produced the way in which the characters like interacted with production the extent of how fake it was like I'm sure it was not 100% real actually I know for a fact it wasn't 100% real because cast members have come out and said that as much but I think it'll be interesting to walk through with Stephen Kristen being firsthand people when it was being filmed like what was your experience filming a reality television show before it became like reality tv because i think to an extent neither of steven or kristen or anyone on that cast quite frankly knew what the hell was going on like i think they no they like have said oh we thought it was going to be like made remember made on yeah of course we thought it was going to be like that they didn't understand like the degree at which it would become this cultural shift and cultural phenomena so i think it will be interesting especially with kristen being there like She's filmed reality television way well after, you know, decades after, you know, more than a decade after the Luda Beach aired. So I think it'll just be interesting to hear the perspective just from like having it just be like the like the blueprint of reality television, if that makes sense. The Hills I'm, I'm less concerned about. Like maybe if Lauren Conrad were on it, sure, but I don't really care what Audrey and Frank and Brody have to say. Sorry. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially because the Hills, like I watch Timmy and Whitney Port's YouTube videos about it and I just feel like also The Hills was at a time where we had like blogs and stuff so we 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 already debunked a lot of stuff but Laguna Beach I think was kind of pre-blog pre-blind item kind of yeah literally pre-internet so yeah I'm more interested in what the Laguna Beach people have to say also because Steven especially doesn't talk about it never never so I'm interested in to, to see what he has to say that's a good I didn't even think about that because Steven is really just mom about his experience because I know now he's doing that who show or something with, with James Lafferty and 
he kind of does act here and there, but yeah, like he's very mob and I feel like he's kind of kept a very low profile. I was like really the only person that's kind of been relevant is Kristen. I mean, Lauren has really made an effort to step away from the spotlight because I think she was so traumatized by like everything that happened with the Hills and everything and like what it did to her relationships and everything like that. But you're, you're right. I think it would be very interesting to him just to even hear Steven's voice now. Like, what is he like? Totally. Yeah, just because we've seen Kirsten... Oh my God, this is okay. This is my biggest problem in life. I was literally telling someone about this yesterday, but like I have a, my boss's boss is named Kirsten. I have a friend named Kirsten. Then I have Kristen Cavallari in my life. (laughs) And so literally like, I feel like 40% of the time I will call her Kirsten Cavallari, um, which is such a disservice to (laughs) to Kirsten. Wait, wait, really quickly before we dive into all these topics, were you, I guess, Back when you were watching Laguna Beach in the Hills, and then now, were you Team Elsie or Team Kristen? So I guess like Laguna Beach era, Hills era versus now. That has your has your opinion flopped? Okay, yes, it has because I think when I watched it when it originally aired, I was Team Elsie because I was like, I'm gonna root for the underdog. But then I found out that it wasn't she wasn't necessarily an underdog. I also think I was just so jealous of Kristen because she was everything I wanted to be in high school. She was so fucking confident. She was so um, self-assured, which is, I guess, the same thing as confident. She would tell boys literally what's up, and I just loved that so much. So I think I was jealous of Kristen, and I think I like was like, I'm Team LC because of it, but I am 100% Team Kristen now. Yeah, I, I 100% have the same exact sentiment. I think watching episodes of Laguna Beach in the Hills like, as I got older, because I think, yeah, when you're in high school, you're kind of like, you're really impressionable, and you see this underdog, and she seems really sweet and nice. And you're like, oh, you know, like poor LC. But as you said, like to see as like now an adult, watching this high schooler have so much, like you said, she's so self-assured. It's like, she has this confidence that was very, it's very rare, I think, for high school girls to have. Yes. A really good sense of self. And that, I think, quite honestly, she should be a role model for like how high school girls should feel about themselves. Like, I mean, like whatever, how she treated some of her friends is I think a little bit of a, it's a little bit sad. Like she was kind of mean to Jessica, but I think just the way that she herself is like a role model way of how you should think about how I wish young girls thought about themselves. So I think it would just create so much more, like less being thrown around by guys and just, yes. And I think that's like, I want to have that big, big energy, like at my age now. Same, same. I'm like still striving for that. Yeah, yeah. 15 years later. (laughs) I think she's like, she was a good role model in the sense of just her self-assuredness and her confidence. 100%. Yeah, because you're right. She was kind of bitchy sometimes, but like, I just love watching back those episodes and just seeing how, yeah, self-assured she was, which is interesting because I listened to a big podcast she did. She was a guest on someone else's show, and I can't remember which one it was, but she was like, the interviewer asked, when you've been watching back the episodes, like, what was the thing that stood out the most to you? And she actually said, I seemed like a very insecure girl. And I wonder if that, yeah, which is really interesting. And I wonder if she means when she's dealing with LC or with Jessica or like blah, blah, blah. But like, it's just interesting because I'm like, oh my God, you just were the total opposite to me. So I'm excited to see what she has to actually say. Yeah, that's, I guess you're your worst critic, right? Like maybe she just, to me, I didn't see any insecurity there. I know. I know. I know. She was just so cool. (laughs) She was just so freaking cool. So today we're going to talk about some really fun topics. We're going to dive into the Kardashians. There's been a lot going on with them, obviously. We're going to talk about Addison Rae. I think she's kind of in her flop era, but we'll see what you have to say about that. And then Christy is going to nominate a Pettyweight Champion of the Week and share her This Week in Petty story. So the Kardashians, Kim was on the cover of Allure this week and there was a lot of quotes pulled from that article that were a little bit controversial. Namely, Kim said she has never gotten filler um, or anything done to her face outside of a little bit of Botox, which she is easing off of. 
um, and that her eyebrows and her eyelashes are 100% real. What did you think about that? So I saw this Instagram and like, you know, I think with this alert article, there's a lot of memes and just articles coming up. So I'm, forgive me, I'm forgetting who wrote this, but it was so brilliant and I didn't think of it this way. So by Kim recently releasing her Stickin beauty brand, which is like insanely overpriced and it's not medical grade, but she's pricing it as though it were a medical grade product. Like I could go on and on about just like her skin beauty brand and just like how damaging how damaging honestly like it could be for people to like spend that much money to not have this kind of protection that like medical grade brands could otherwise provide that's a whole other topic in and of itself but what I will say is by her everything that she's doing right now like these interviews about beauty and wanting to stay youthful because you know that whole sound bite right of her saying I would eat poop if it meant that I would stay young forever I think or this redditor or this meme or redditor had said that really infiltrated my brain that by Kim coming out and saying all these things about youthfulness, it's strictly a marketing tool because essentially by hawking the idea that she doesn't receive Botox, she doesn't receive fillers, she doesn't do like clear and brilliant lasers to keep her skin looking fresh and young and bouncy, we're more inclined to believe that her her beauty brand or not even her beauty brand, her skincare brand will allow you to stay youthful just like her. That is my like assumption. And like, now I'm just gonna go on a tangent because I see this dermatologist down here in Newport and she's like definitely more expensive, but she knows her shit. She's like one of the most, and I like don't want to call her out maybe because she talks a lot about like why the beauty brand is so problematic, but I went to see her a couple weeks ago and I was like, and she like, her credentials, like she has like, so she's gone to like top schools, like such a smart dermatologist. And I was like, what are your thoughts on Kim's beauty brand? She's like, well, first of all, let me just get into it. She's like the vitamin C active ingredients do nothing to actually absorb within like the skin. They just like the ingredient will just literally sit on your face. It will do nothing for your skin. Second, the night oils, like oils are really, really bad for skin. They cause like pores to be enlarged and they cause breakouts. Third, there's not even like a retinol to her routine. And like, like retinols, like literally like the two most important like ingredients you could have for your skin are retinol and sunscreen. And she's like, there's no retinol in her nine step routine. Um, and there's no sunscreen. And she's like, the one thing I will call out that's good about Kim's skin brand is that there's like three steps one should take when you're prepping your skin before products are like layered onto it. So you should like cleanse, exfoliate, and tone. She's like, I like that she did like put in her nine-step skincare brand to have those three steps. But other than that, her ingredients are literally the same as what you would get at CVS, but you're paying the price. Like I was looking at her products and comparing it to like the medical grade products that every dermatologist sells if you go into any like legitimate practice. And they're literally priced at like higher than what you pay for like Zio Skin Health or Skin Better Science. Like it to me, it's so damaging that she's having all these people believe that one, we can achieve her youthful look forever. And two, that she's like up upping the prices by like 10x when it should literally be this like something that you would get from like CeraVe, which is not bad. It's just like you should have the same price as a medical grade product. If you're paying that much do something that's backed by doctors and dermatologists. Like I just have a huge problem with that skincare brand. And it's just, it's annoying that people are giving into the marketing of, oh, it's Kim and she's so beautiful. She's achieved longevity and youthfulness. And that's due to the fact that we can use her nine-step skincare product and achieve the same look. 100%. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I'm also really into skincare. And I watched her YouTube video of her putting all of the product like using all the products and she used like makeup wipes and then like a towel and she was like rubbing her face and I was like okay girl like (laughs) that's like the two worst like not the two worst things you can do obviously again like not using SPF is like number one but like that's also a big no-no so I was like I don't trust you (laughs) and like my dermatologist was like because in Southern California, you know, it's a small world with like doctors and stuff. They know each other. They go to the same conferences, et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, I know her doctor. It's um, Simon. Yeah. Yes. I know. I can't remember his last name, but I know him yeah. for sure. Yes. And she's like, she uses Zeo Skin Health. She's been using that forever. She uses. Yeah. She does clear and brilliant all the time. Like these things that she's saying can be done through her nine-step skincare routine or literally through science. Through like, yeah. Through medical grade products. Like it's just, it's so annoying. And like, to be honest, like she's a marketing genius, the entire Kardashian family is. If she's gonna get her bag and you know price all these products insanely, then like 
maybe good on her. Maybe we're just suckers for picking it up and believing it. But people need to do their research and like know that you just it, it's just not worth that price point. Which is why I'm like Team Haley when it comes to like road because she actually like I looked up her doctor that she partnered with to help these products. She actually did like the diligence of creating a product that was at least like backed by a doctor. I don't even know if she worked with the doctor. I think she worked with a chemist. Yeah. Okay. That's another thing. And I'm pretty sure on this podcast, I was shitting on Haley's skincare line before it had come out and mostly like on the name. But I've seen a lot of TikToks from people like Charlotte Parler, who I like trust implicitly with my life. Uh, like, like she's such a skincare queen and she was like oh no this is actually like legitimate like she was like if you chose any celebrity skincare line like actually road beauty is like probably the one i would go with oh i love that and like and it's, yeah it's like affordable it's like very expensive mm-hmm. which i really really love i like that she didn't make it 93 dollars for a cleanser or exfoliator like uses your skin health exfoliator literally it'll change your life like yes my yes my sister has it and every time she visits my house she's like use this you're gonna love it and like I will I uh, right now okay this is like getting too in the weeds but like I (laughs) because that one has like it's a physical exfoliator right like I Yes, and, like, I have, like, my BHA and AHA exfoliators, so I'm, like, right now I'm on that train, but, like, I'm sure down the road I'll be purchasing that shit. <laughs> I don't want to sound stuck up, like, you need to get this $90, because, like, it is expensive, these medical. It because, is, it is. Because it's backed by, like, science and, like, high-level top physicians, not... So I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on, like, normal products. That's great if you want to use skin, but don't, then don't pay that price. Pay, like, $10. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then the other thing about Kim that is frustrating right now is her half truths about what she's done to her face. Because again, it's it's making people believe that like her the size of her lips or like how straight her nose is and stuff like that and like how symmetrical her face is is like natural or just from again like a skincare line and we just know that to not be true right it, it, it's baffling to me that to this day they still deny so many plastic surgery rooms plastic surgery rumors and like I think even on the last time they did the E show before they transitioned to Hulu, or maybe it was like the season before when Andy Cohen interviewed them. And he, like during the reunion show, and he had asked them, like, you know, you set this unrealistic beauty standard for women, you know, uh, of the world. What do you feel about that? And I think Kendall, or maybe it was Chloe, was like, we work our asses off at the gym. We eat really right. It's like, okay, great. I don't doubt that that is what's. I don't doubt that. Like, I, I, I see it. But at the same time, you can never achieve a body like that through healthy eating and through exercise. It literally is impossible. Like, it, it's unhealthy to put this down on young women because they think, well, if I starve myself then I'm going to have a Kim Kardashian hourglass figure, it's like, it's so damaging to like, from an eating disorder perspective. And like, that's what I have a problem with. But at the same time, like, again, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but then I really like the Kardashians for a lot of other things I do because I like that they make their like good American size inclusive. I love what Kim's doing for social justice. I just, I'm very torn about like what they're doing for beauty standards, but I also love what they're doing from another kind of perspective or what the other things that they do. I don't know. It's, it's very, my relationship with the Kardashians is very complex. <laughs> Me too. I say the exact same thing. Like even that it's a, a family of strong women led by like a matriarch. I like, there is something feminist, I think deep within there, but they piss me off so much. Like, Okay, so the other thing I wanted to talk about was Kim. She was at the Balenciaga show. She walked in it. She took North to Fashion Week. North, like, clearly hates the paparazzi, hates being her, like, her picture being taken. And there's this clip I saw of Kris Jenner, like, bringing her out to the paparazzi. And I think it was, like, really unfair because, again, like, North is so young. Like, she's nine, I think, or maybe she just turned 10. And, like she doesn't know any better and you're just like imposing this life on her that she like may not want Mm -hmm. she was now infamously at the front row of a fashion um show and she held up 
there was like a program for the show and she had wrote stop on it and she held that up to the like a photographer which is so iconic but also it's like if your child is giving you these hints that they are not happy like why do you keep I don't know putting them in these yeah thrusting them into the spotlight right I I was something on Reddit with like some girl wrote something like really poignant about this, but like basically to the effect of like you have all the security detail, you can you can have all the privacy you want to an extent of like because I think Kylie lives a relatively private life, like we don't know so private, know really anything about Kylie and her adult years, you know, and since she's her mother and all that. It's like if it's clear that your child wants nothing to do with this paparazzi life, she doesn't want to be photographed. She didn't choose this, and it's, it's like I kind of always appreciate when certain celebrities don't even talk about their kids or let their kids be photographed or make an effort to assure that their kids are not photographed like the person I can think of is like Blake Lively right remember when she came out with that Instagram post and was like for the love of God like you can photograph me all you want but I'm with my children like please do not take photos because they didn't ask for this life and it just it feels sometimes and I have no doubt that Kim loves her kids and like all the all the girls do love their children immensely it's more just like sometimes when there's these paparazzi shoots it almost feels like as if they're a prop a lot of the time which is unfair and um I just yeah it's honestly really sad because I think I wonder what that does to a child's psyche too to be followed like that and the paranoia that would develop because these kids are like their brains are not formed like they don't know so no not if their brains aren't formed what does that do from like a paranoia perspective if you feel like someone's following all the time someone's photographing you it probably creates a lot of like heightened anxiety and paranoia um which i think kendall and kylie probably both struggle with to a high degree i I don't think kylie really talks about it as much but kendall come out saying she like suffers with panic attacks and anxiety and i'm willing to bet a lot of that is attributed to just how she grew up and like the camera's constantly being on her i mean how does that not you know and they didn't ask for this the kids 100 percent. yeah couldn't agree more it's interesting because Travis Barker's kids who we're going to talk about next like Alabama like even she's in her like kind of late teens and it seems like she is like choosing more of this like she goes live on TikTok and does her makeup and stuff like that and I'm like that's even still really young but at least she has like a little bit of like more worldly knowledge and experience and stuff like that I'm like North literally is a child Mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah, I feel like Alabama is like the spokesperson for the Brucker family. Like, remember when they were the wedding in Italy? Like, everyone was following along just through Alabama's like TikToks and stuff. I know, I know. I think that's really cute. And Landon, his son, is now dating Dix- or Charlie D'Amelio. I don't really know the difference. It's it's Charlie. I don't know why I said Dixie. <laughs> yeah, they're they're cute. They're cute, but um, yeah, it's it, it's it's sad. I I don't. I feel like it, who would you say is the most exploited out of all the children and all the cousins? I think North. I think it's North, which makes sense for Kim. Like that mm-hmm. makes fucking sense. Yeah. And even Saint and Psalm, when she was in New York this past week, she went on like an Instagram live. It wasn't this past week. It was like a few weeks ago with Saint and Psalm and they were like yelling and they like didn't want to be on Instagram live because they don't fucking know or care about Instagram live. They are children. It's tough because I know that she's also juggling a lot. Like she's a she is a mom. And like when you're with your kids, you probably also have work obligations. But it's like some of it I just think is like, yeah, exploitative. And you're right. Using them as props. And I don't love that. Right. So Travis, unfortunately, went to the hospital recently. There was, like, a lot of controversy because he had, like, tweeted some, like, MGK lyrics, like, God save me or whatever. And then, like, just happened, I think, to have, like, a medical incident, like, shortly after that. So that was just, like, weird timing. But he released a statement. He said he went in for an endoscopy, triggered, like, pancreatitis which was like really interesting I haven't like asked for a medical opinion from anybody but like people online are kind of saying maybe this isn't necessarily the truth and that it's was from like the pancreas is usually affected by like drugs and alcohol a lot and like I don't want to assume I think that's kind of gross also like he doesn't owe us his like why he was in the hospital but I think a lot of uh, the 
kind of news stories that are coming out of, about this is that Courtney was seen going into the hospital and she actually like slammed the paparazzi for using this medical incident to sell pictures. Yeah. It's always shocking to me that when something happens to a celebrity and they're hospitalized, like that those photos were ever released. Because like, I mean, I just, oh my God, I'm just, my mind just flashed back to Courtney in the 5150 behind the ambulance. It's like, things like that are so personal. And it's almost like, it feels like it, it's violating like the Hippocratic Oath. Not that it is, because like, you don't know the diagnosis, you don't know the doctor's notes and all that, but it just feels so, I kind of get where Courtney's coming from when she's like saying, you know, you're uh, exploiting this like potential, like very scary moment for us to sell photos and to get money from it. And like, I just have so much empathy, like with people who spend time in hospitals because like I had personally, like I had a really terrible scare in my family in December and it like was so traumatizing. I just feel so much for people that are in the hospital for extended periods of time. So I actually talked to my, my sister about this because she's a pharmacist and she said that if whatever happened, the way that Travis described it, it's like really, really scary. It can be very life-threatening. And she was like, it's, that's horrible that he went through that. I don't know about the alcohol, but I guess if pancreatitis can be caused by drugs and alcohol, it doesn't surprise me because he's been super vulnerable and transparent about his struggles, especially since he asked, I don't know, have you, I don't know if it was you who sent this to me. Someone sent this to me. I didn't realize how traumatic that plane crash was. Do you know much about it? If you don't, I'll, I'll walk. I like, um, I know the gist, but yeah, definitely give us like a, a the story yeah so like there's a BuzzFeed article now I remember it was one of my friends who sent me this BuzzFeed article where he talks about it so like they were in the plane and I think what had happened was that the pilot kind of made a little bit of a mistake where I think he was I don't know if he was accelerating as the plane was going down but he made like made basically a wrong move so the plane what was happening was it was it was like jumping from the ground up like it kept falling and bouncing back up falling and bouncing back up falling about bouncing back up so when the the, fl- the plane caught fire, right? So I think DJ AM broke one of the windows and him and Travis slid down the wing of the plane. But what they didn't realize is when they slid down the wing of the plane, they fell into the jet into the jet itself that was on fire. So they were both on fire and Travis was like, you know, rolling on the ground, trying to like release himself from the fire. DJ AM like was able to like go get free from the flames. DJ AM took off his shirt, wrapped Travis in the shirt and like basically saved Travis's life. And when the, when Travis had woken up in the hospital, he had assumed that everyone had survived the, the crash, just like he had. And then he learned that no one had survived the crash, but him and DJ AM. But the scary part is the day of the flight, um, Alabama was, she was like very young at the time. She was sobbing, like, please daddy, don't go on the flight. I don't have a good feeling about this. Like she had like an omen that something was going to happen just at, like a little toddler, which like gives me so much chills. And Shannon Mokler, was gonna go on the flight as well. But then she kind of backed out the last minute was like, I don't think it's safe that both parents are in this private small little plane. And Travis had a lot of anxiety about the flight because the plane was really small, it didn't look safe. Um, so he was already had a lot of like, di- like tension going on to the flight, just being like, I don't feel safe. So it just seems like, all I have to say, it's just, it seems like a very traumatic accident and it resulted in him abusing drugs and alcohol to deal with all the pain and the survivor's guilt. And then of course, DJ AM died a year later from, an, I think, an accidental drug overdose. So he had more survivor's guilt, you know? Absolutely. And then like, yeah, just the fear around hospitals. And we know how much this affected him. He didn't fly for like 15 years or whatever. Like he, him, when his band toured, they like literally took a boat, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. which is like so supportive and kind of them because like the amount of time that that is going to take versus a flight is obviously so much more. But yeah, literally so traumatic. And you don't want to relive this stuff with the public. Like you don't, you truly don't. And that those are the like downsides of being a celebrity. I feel like people are like, oh, it's like, I wish I was famous. Like everything's great when you're famous and like rich and stuff like that. I'm like, honestly, like some of these things you couldn't, pay me any money in the world to like experience right that's actually such a good point that you brought up about the trauma around hospitals and how triggering that must have been for him to be there for an extended period of time and the memories that were likely flooding back for him like I imagine he's still not emotionally like I hope everything is well with him but I hope you know I can imagine emotionally he's probably not in a good state headspace right now just given like having to like I mean at least for me coming back from like 
this like traumatic life event that happened for me in December, like I'm like still reeling from those nights in the hospital, you know? So I can't even imagine like him having been put in that position again and what all that that it did for his like mental health and emotional health. I'm glad Courtney's with him to help him through it. Absolutely. The last Kardashian we wanted to talk about was Kylie. And I want to like talk about this delicately because I think like, I don't know, it might be a little bit dark sided, but there's been lots of like theories about why she doesn't show her son online. What do you think? Like, do you think she just wants more privacy? Do you think after the Astroworld tragedy, like Travis also wants more privacy? Or what do you think is going on there? Yeah, this is weird. Like I've I've read people say that, read people saying like, maybe what if like this son who used to be Wolf now is no longer Wolf. What if he just is like not very cute and it doesn't match her aesthetic. And like, maybe that's why she's not showing him. Cause it, it doesn't make sense that Stormy is so visible in her story like she is she's not private about Stormy at all so what makes this child different to where she wouldn't want to show him it's that's my only thought is there anything else like that's all, all that I've heard is there anything else you've heard that could potentially be why she doesn't show him I think that that's like the gist but like don't all parents even if they have the ugliest baby think their baby is the cutest thing ever 100% yeah so it's so confusing to me right it it, it is weird I I feel like she's so private too about why we like why don't we even know the name still I don't know maybe because again they feel jilted by the media and they're like okay well if you are gonna be dicks to us we're gonna withhold like the most critical information like the most information interesting information about us I I can see I think Kylie like leaves a lot to be desired so I think maybe hopefully it's not dark like you think but maybe she just wants to be a little bit more private about this particular pregnancy and that that's it because she is just so private so I'm hoping like my initial thought honestly was that that's what it was like maybe she realized okay with Stormy I've already shown her for so long so I can't really retract on it yeah I learn from the press and attention that Stormy receives maybe I just want to do it differently this time around hopefully that's it I I have no idea one way or the other totally which that is so fair also I'm like you can retract stormy too like you people can change their minds and like just decide to do it different especially with like with their babies it's like they don't know but like now stormy knows and stuff when she's like making a youtube video (laughs) I think stormy's stormy and chicago are the the cutest babies I think who do you think honestly okay like Stormy like actually I'm not usually like really obsessed with kids this way or anything like that but I actually will watch Stormy's YouTube videos she is really a, like a little precious pudding she is just a cute she is like yeah. she definitely has something very special about her like she's just very very cute very sweet right I totally agree there was also a really funny story um, this week about Kylie where Travis wanted a sandwich and she was like, hey, I'm going to make a sandwich. But she didn't have like the right type of like meat. And so she Instacarted it to her house or like whatever. She used like some type of service, Postmates or something like that, um, where someone dropped it off at her house. And then the driver went on TikTok and was like, she tipped me zero dollars and I heard her son crying the entire time. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this boy, like I, so I think what he said was that oh, you know, I drove onto a property and it had a river and... Yes! Like, what? Kylie Jenner says, and Kylie came out, obviously she acknowledged. It's so funny because I think otherwise this guy, this driver wouldn't have gotten any press, but the fact that she addressed it just brought more attention to it. Like, it's like when Taylor Swift got mad at the, that one guy. Taylor Swift got really mad at someone. Yes, um, when he said that she didn't her write own her own lyrics. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she kind of brought attention to it by responding to it. It's like, this guy's a literal nobody. Like, had you not acknowledged it, then this wouldn't have gotten the press that it did. But I think this the same effect. Or probably this Instacart driver, I think it was a woman, wasn't it? Mm-mm. A man? Okay. I think it was a man. <laughs> so this guy comes out and maybe tweets something to the effect of Kylie's baby was crying, which is like, babies cry like shut up yeah it's like Like, what that's not tea like the fact that you you didn't get it like get tipped from kylie it's just like 
I think this guy just wants his 15 seconds of fame. And I think had Kylie not even acknowledged it and no one had heard, would have heard the story, but the fact that she did, of course, now it's like the story that everyone's, you know, talking about. Because anything she puts her name to or acknowledges, it turns into gold, apparently. Yes. And like, you're right, because it's like, if she didn't acknowledge, we would probably be like, oh, he made this story up. He didn't actually drive to her house. But then she was like, oh, no, like my, one of my assistants like did it and like didn't tip or whatever right and um I was like okay cool I don't for celebrities with the tipping thing I'm just like you should you're a public figure you should just be a generous tipper wherever you go oh yeah like I love hearing like stories I think Dumois posts about it like yes all the time this person left and he left a really big tip like nice guy I love knowing who's a good tipper and who's and who's not me too me too me too Okay, let's chat a little bit about Addison Ray because you actually pointed this out to me and I didn't realize it at the time, but I kind of feel like she was everywhere for like a solid year, 2020 to 2021. She released a single, which I personally actually like. Loved it. I, I like Obsessed. Like sometimes it comes on my shuffle and I'm like, this is a good song. Oh, it's, it's, just, it's just like a mindless pop song that's catchy. Yeah, 100%. Like, how can you, like, ridicule that? And then she was on a bunch of late night shows. She has Item, which is her skincare line. She has a perfume line. She was in He's All That. She was BFFs with the aforementioned Kourtney Kardashian, which she wasn't at the wedding, which I thought was interesting. Like, I don't know if that friendship is dying down a little bit or over or whatever but it's, it's weird it, I think it's so interesting like speaking of corny the develop because I think it was a mutually beneficial relationship for both corny and Addison alike because yes corny this was pre-Travis when her and Addison started becoming visibly like very close and everyone was obsessed with Addison and of course when you pair her with a Kardashian it blows up both their spots automatically so like Corny has progressively been in her come-up era, first with the Addison Ray relationship, as I said, mutually beneficial, and then of course with the Travis of it all. So yeah, it's really weird. I've I there's been a lot of rumblings about are they okay? I I think what happened, like my theory is that when Courtney started dating Travis, she started spending all her time with him. And not that they're not not that anything necessarily happened. It's more of just like they're just not really, they don't really hang out any yeah. you know, if at all. Yeah, like they just drifted apart. Yeah. I don't think that there was like a falling out per se. But what do you think she's doing professionally? Like it seems like, is it because like maybe the TikTok dance phase is kind of like over? Not at, yeah, like it's not at its peak for sure. And yeah, I think it's still popular, but it's definitely not what it was in like 2020, 2021. Right. Like what? What is she up to nowadays? And think, do we care? Right. I, she definitely, I, I've been hearing, I, I was thinking about this, I'm like, she was probably one of the biggest celebrities of 2020. Like during the pandemic, everyone was all about Addison Rae. And yeah, she's kind of in her flop era. And I think she kind of is doing it intentionally. I think that she, because I feel as if Charlie and Dixie were not as relevant in 2020 just because Addison was hanging out with the Kardashian but I feel like I care more about Charlie and Dixie than I do with Addison and I'm not even in that space like I don't really know much about celebs but if I'm hearing about Charlie and Dixie then they must be pretty relevant because I just 100% to that group the hype house people or whatever I just don't so I, I think she purposely is intentionally staying away from the spot like I feel like her management and marketing team were doing such a good job of Talking her wherever that they could stick her, like being in Who's All That, doing this item beauty line, doing this perfume line, being on Jimmy Kimmel, dancing with him, releasing a single. Like they were doing, they were like doing Lord's work every single day, not working 24-7. But I think now I think she's probably pretty settled financially. And maybe she's just enjoying the fruits of her labor. And honestly, that's how you should do. I feel like that's what I would want. Like a splash in the pan year. And then just enjoy your money privately. Right, right. Because I'm, I'd imagine her item beauty line is doing well. I mean, I, I yeah, like it's gonna. There's gonna be residual, not residual money, but like consistent money coming in from that. And same with royalties from Obsessed. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah. So I think that. Actually, what drew her back into the spotlight was her dad, Monty, who is kind of having some time in the spotlight for better or for worse. He was caught cheating on his wife, uh, Sherry. 
So they have a kind of an interesting relationship. They were married in 2004 when they had Addison. Then they divorced in 2007. Then they remarried in 2017. And there was kind of two incidents. He was fully in a relationship with a 25-year-old, Renee Ash, who has gone on Instagram now saying, like, I was kind of duped. He said that his marriage to Sherry was ending and then we would, like, get together, like, not in hiding, etc. And that obviously didn't happen. In addition, there was also a viral TikTok where he was like groping like an 18-year-old at a bar trying to hook up with her. So he's not having the best the best week ever. Is he so I forget is he her stepdad or her biological father? Biological. Oh, I thought it was her stepdad. Oh. No, I'm pretty sure biological because I'm pretty sure they had her right after they got married that's really gross um you're right it is her biological dad so i heard on the morning toast while you were saying that this is an episode that dropped on friday so like july 8th she was talking because they were talking about a story and Friday said it at a like an influencer event he was there like god knows why he was even in attendance at the same event like an influencer like claudia arshray was at but in any case she said that he was like an embarrassment like he was she didn't want to like call out what influencer event it was but she said he took off his wedding ring not not just like his wedding was, ring was off he like made it a point to like let everyone know that the wedding ring was off he's like oh the wedding ring is off like and she said he was just being like inappropriate like she said that basically this story comes as no surprise having seen him at said event which I thought was that is so gross. But you're like, why is he at influencer events? Right. He has 5.4 million TikTok followers, and Sherry has 13.9. I, I don't. These Gen Zers are very strange. Like, why are you following someone's parent? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, I, it's yes. so weird. It's relevant for sure. If he has like 5.4 million dollar, I mean, million TikTok followers for sure. But it's just like, why? Why are you interested in what Monty Bray, whatever his name is? I know you're. Like, he's 46. He uh, apparently signed with an agency in 2020 to become an actor. Like, like this is just so sad when parents, like, live out their dreams through, like, their children. Yeah, I'm looking at his photos right now. It's giving giving Lala and Randall vibes. 100%. He looks like Randall. But, like, with a... Yes, with a worse fake tan. Yeah. Oh my god, gross. Yeah, he's he's disgusting. And like this and the fact that he was taking advantage of all these like seemingly really sweet young girls was like disgusting. So disgusting. Uh Addison and Sherry unfollowed Monty on Instagram, but I think that this was like kind of like low-key the funniest thing. So Sherry released a statement and was like basically confirming that this was true and that like they're trying to move forward I'm assuming with like maybe like a divorce and she was like I don't even care about me though I really care about my kids because Addison has two siblings um that are much younger than her I think one's eight and one's like 15 and she says um my kids fragile hearts and minds I don't ever want to be described as having a fragile heart and mind yeah it's a little patronizing it's so patronizing. Yeah, like, it's a little patronizing. I don't, yeah. Like, I would hope that my mom, if God forbid this happened in my life, would be like, my resilient daughters, like, we'll get through this. Like, not like their poor, fragile hearts and minds. Right, I'm a, like an innocent, delicate flower that cannot be tainted by bad news. Yeah, it's literally so funny. So what's next for Monty? I'm assuming he's going to hopefully shrink away from the spotlight and I don't know move back to Louisiana and <laughs> we'll never hear from him again it's it's so like it's sad that I'm thinking about it if my dad came out or all these press releases came out of my dad being inappropriate with these young girls it's like it's gross like to see you have to oh I'm TikTok, that's traumatizing to see your dad like all over an 18 year old on TikTok there's no excuse I know, like, touching her butt and stuff, like, it's an immediate cutoff for me. Yeah, and, like, not only to be embarrassed that your dad is doing that just for yourself, but to know everyone knows. 
oh my god so embarrassing like literally so even though it's zero percent your fault you're still embarrassed exactly nothing on Addison's character at all character at all it's just I feel for her it's like oh god the fact that everyone now knows that your dad's a fucking creep I know I know and then like obviously this wasn't an isolated incident like I would lose my mind literally ran from Vanderpump literally Literally. they should be friends (laughs) I'm sure they are like honestly like like with Jack Taylor in there because Jack Taylor is also gross and weird. Anything else you want to say about Addison Ray and Monty? Again, Monty is Rand, but I I think Addison is is a star. I think she has good energy. I think she has that star power to her. But I'm happy. You know, I would love to see more of what she plans to do. But in the event that she's just over it, I hope she finds a fulfilling life despite her disgusting father. You know, one hundred percent. She's really beautiful and I think she does have a star quality like I was looking um through pictures when I was pulling information for this episode and I was like she just shines in pictures like mm-hmm. which she's with other people and like your eyes just immediately go to her so yeah she just has a glitter around her she's shimmering I know I know well, yeah, I know she just star. she's meant for this life I think absolutely 100 percent okay it is now time for the part of the show where Christy is going to nominate a pettyweight champion of the week. Someone in the media who did something petty and it was iconic. Who are you nominating this week? So I'm nominating both Elon Musk and Nick Cannon because everyone knows now at this point that Elon Musk birthed twins um, with a C-suite executive at one of his other companies, not Tesla. So Elon Musk tweeted on July 7th, doing my best to help you end the population crisis. A collapsing birth rate is the biggest danger civilization faces by far. And Nick Cannon responds, right there with you, my brother, which I thought was so funny, which I think I said this on my podcast or maybe I posted it on my Instagram. So Brie Tiesi, who's one of Nick Cannon's baby mamas, I was on cheer with her. She went to my high school. Yes. yes. Okay. You definitely, we've DM'd about this. Yes. So it's so funny because she was such a, like, it totally doesn't surprise me that she is like, she's that girl, you know? She, she had like, she was really hot, like beautiful, really sassy, quick. Um, it, I don't know. It's just like a little bit of TM, like tangentially, you know, can talk about this story because I know BTS. But yeah, I think it's kind of like giving our father from Netflix. Have you seen that, that documentary? Okay. No. This in vitro fertilization doctor in the 70s, you know, he would try and have women get pregnant. It's like what Courtney Kardashian Yes. Kind of, yes. Instead of putting a donor sperm, this doctor would fertilize women with his own sperm. And it's giving that. So basically, what the premise of it is there was this ringleader daughter that started founding up all these people that would hit, she would get hit up with ancestry.com, being like, there's another match from Columbus, Ohio. There's another match. Lives in Florida. There's another match in California. There was up to like 40 kids by the end of the day, and they're still counting, right? So it's giving that energy. It totally is. So, okay. So Elon Musk had his first child with Grimes, had a second child in secret with Grimes, and it was found out during an interview, and now has twins. Yep. So he has four kids under the age of like two. Yeah. That's aggressive. And I think in total, he's has, he's has either nine or 11. I forget. Yeah. So, okay. So he has, you're right. So he has the four kids that he had recently, but then he has all of the other kids that are like in there, like uh, older. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if it's nine that includes the twins that were recently born or nine. And then the kids that were really recently born that total is 11. But either, either way, it's a lot. God, we do not need more Elon Musk offspring in this world so problematic like I can't. so problematic <laughs> and and honestly nick too like we also don't need a 10th kid from you no like we're, we're good nick just relax take a seat yeah 100 percent. just Down. spend time with your children right it, it actually makes me sad because it's like he probably like all the trauma that with the baby that passed away that was yeah. really horrible like maybe it created something in his brain where he's like I just need to recruit as much as I can to like, I don't know, avail or I don't know. It, it, it's so sad, but like, he's so like weird and kind of just creepy, but like that baby death was really horrible. And- I know. I just wish that it prompted him to be like, Hey, I'm going to spend all the time with my current kids instead of like have a thousand more. Agreed. But to each their own. Each their own. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Finally, it's time for this weekend, Patty. 
where Christy is going to share a story about something that happened to her in her real life and that she was petty about. What are you petty about this week? I'm just going to bring it back to what I was complaining about on our Slack channel because we have, we've created like a Slack channel for us podcasters to commiserate and talk about just what it's like. You know, we're very transparent on there. I love it. It's like we talk about how to get ads or how many listeners we have, how many downloads we have. It's all a very transparent space. It's like in the corporate world, don't talk about salaries. It's like, we're talking about yes. here. Yes. Oh my God. I was literally talking to two friends this week about like the don't talk about salary rule that we grew up with. And that's how employers get away with paying white men typically more money. So it's like talk about your salary, especially with like, like all of your colleagues. Like, yeah, I've been like, I, yeah, I polar issue, but I like that we're the complete opposite of that where we're all transparent. I have this many downloads. This is how I get ads. This is the amount of money I get paid for ads. So I'd love that we created this community to talk about it. And we were, there's another like, you know, we're talking specifically about how do you take like negative feedback. Some bitch wrote on my podcast review and I talk about it up top on the Justin Steen episode. I'm like, be kind. Oh, we can't wait. Be kind because you have no idea what people are going through when they're recording an episode, when they read that review, like, my this podcast is not my life. This is a small fraction of what I have to deal with in my everyday life. So shut up. Don't tell don't write like a false allegation that I am plagiarizing another podcast who, by the way, is in our Slack channel. It's just I, I so I black put them on blast. And it's like, I dare you, Martha, probably <laughs> not that there's any problem with Arkansas just picking up <laughs> random state, but Martha, you try doing a podcast. Can you try doing that on top of a job, a crazy accounting job? And you try and develop and produce your own show and put yourself out there. Try it. Try it for two days. See how it goes. Like, I just, I cannot with people. I'm all like some girl reached out to me recently was like, I didn't like the way you talk about mental health in this episode. I'm like, thank you so much for that feedback. I should, I overstepped. I agree. And I sh- I'm going to take that moving forward. But don't say that I played right. That is like an egregious accusation that I will not have. Yeah. And I think that you and I have the same golden rule. It sounds like where it's like, if you have criticism about what I've said or something like that, super open to it especially like as a white person you can't like be like you can't criticize me like anything I'm saying like I, I think that's like a very fragile like speaking of fragile hearts and minds yeah, yeah. but like <laughs> like white fragility I think can um oftentimes block people from having important conversations so it's like if you have criticism dm me let's talk about it let's engage in like a discussion but like leaving a review that is there forever that I can't respond to. There's no can respond to it. Yes. And like, not that I'm going to respond like you're wrong Mm -hmm. per se, (laughs) but like where you can't have a conversation, discuss or share your point of view or like whatever I think is like really brutal. Um, And like, yeah, I just think so. My golden rule and I think yours is too. It's like, if you have something to say, let's chat about it in my DMs. DMs are open. Happy. Yes. Right. Yes. But like the review thing is like pretty brutal. Yeah. No, it's like really bothered me. And it's like, I, I, I like what Shannon said about like getting your, uh, the reviews maybe like once a week, don't like obsess over it because I've like kind of gone to that point where it's like, I, I just, it's not healthy. So like maybe I was a little bit, bit petty on like putting this person on blast, but at the same time, like don't come from my show and like make allegations that are just false. Totally. And like, I agree, like I can be the pettiest person, but like, it's funny. I would never leave like a, review that's like horrendous never the reviews i have left are for podcasts i've really enjoyed like Mm -hmm. i literally left one review recently of like i think this podcast has gone the quality has gone downhill but these are the reasons why and like very factual things i was listening for constructive feedback 100 percent. because then the the creator can take that into consideration 100 percent. and it's like you know what if you don't like it just you can just turn it off like that's my like if I there's so many podcasts that I've tried out tried for a few episodes and I'm like ah, this isn't my cup of tea and know what I just stop listening <laughs> like, I, will not leave like, and it's like, I unsubscribe <laughs> I'm not you to listen to me so I'll just take a pause press pause and stuff and you'll never hear my voice 100 percent, yeah and you're right that this is kind of applicable to like a probably small percentage of people that are listening that are also content creators but I think like the general message is like literally applies to anybody no absolutely just be kind you don't know like what people are dealing with at that time 
We're just out here producing content for free because it's a pleasure and it's like a joy to connect with other people about stupid pop culture things because it's an escape from my reality. So you can listen to it or you don't have to. Yeah. And it's like, take it, take that for what it is right. for sure. Right. And everyone makes mistakes. Like I, obviously there's mistakes that are like egregious or like the, I guess it doesn't always matter the intent if the impact is still brutal, but like, I don't know. I just think that, yeah, people can make mistakes and there has to be room for that. Agreed. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Okay, this was literally so much fun. I feel like we covered a thousand things. We definitely did. Very productive conversation. I know. Always. Where can the listeners find you and anything else you want to plug? Yeah, just listen to my show at X Knows All. It's spelled just like it sounds. Um, Follow me on X Knows All on Instagram. Help make me famous. My Instagram following is literally so bleak. Yeah, let me know what you guys want to hear. I love to hear like people's suggestions and I usually just end up doing that if people really want to hear about it. So yeah, give me a listen. Slide into my DMs. Let's talk about pop culture. Yeah, and honestly, everyone should follow your Instagram account because you post a lot of stories with like write-ups and like commentary about like the skin products and stuff like that, the Skin by Kim products that it's fascinating. Thank you. Oh my God. Like seriously, seriously. Oh my God. That like means a lot coming from you because I know that you're very thorough and like, (laughs) so I'm like, wow, Troy thinks it's it's fascinating that I'm doing something right. It is. It's a good follow. Everyone follow. Everyone listen to X Knows All. I know. I feel like so many of our listeners are the same. Like it didn't live in the same Like, if they're listening to this podcast, they listen to your podcast. Like, yeah. like I feel like everyone that follows me follows you and vice versa. Like, it's- yeah. <laughs> if you're a new listener, please feel free to listen to my fascinating, to read my fascinating stories and to listen to my podcast and follow me so you can make me famous. Yes. <laughs> God bless. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Tori. It was a pleasure. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Christy for joining me on today's episode. I just want to say two quick things before we wrap up. The link to my merch is in the episode show notes. If you have a friend that you listen with or, you know, just an aunt that's honestly ready to be petty and fired up at every family occasion and you think she would appreciate this, you can buy a piece of RTVP merch on Etsy through the link in my bio and then of course follow me on socials at rtbp podcast I'm always chatting on Twitter and Instagram and y'all know my beef with TikTok will be there someday (laughs) thanks again for listening I hope you are safe and healthy out there as always I'm your host Tori and I'm ready to be petty see you soon Bye.